This week's podcast brought to you by Proboscises. Last week, our younger kids had their first week of school, and uh, I think it was the very first day, or at least uh, one of the first days, I heard from the kitchen during the homework hour, our nine-year-old say of her teacher, oh no, she said she didn't want to see our dinner on our papers, but I just dropped a strawberry on it. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I was driving our kids to school this morning. It was around eight in the morning and I came to the intersection in our town. And um, I I don't know if somebody had just gone through the crosswalk or what, but everybody was stopped. Everything seemed fine. And then the lights turned green and people started going again. And as this one car went through the intersection, the woman driving it had her finger out the window flipping off. I don't know who. Um, didn't honk the horn, didn't anything, was just driving through the intersection like she was waving a flag. It was her middle finger out of her window. Perhaps it was preemptive. <laughs> yeah, maybe. she was. Expe- this was what she was expecting the intersection to be or the day to be. I don't know. And um, as, I was, I was, as I was driving, I was just thinking to myself, like, gosh, I wonder what that woman's morning has been like already it's only 8 a.m and then it hit me shoot this could be like the end of her work day she could be coming home from working overnight at the hospital or anywhere who knows but um then my mind just like started going into this whole you know alternate universe of what possibly could have happened to this morning this woman this morning prior to 8 a.m that made her drive through a small town intersection with her finger out the window. There weren't any signs. There wasn't anything that she could have been uh, objecting to. So uh, there, there are there are local anesthetics and general anesthetics. And this is sort of a general anesthetic, the, the bird flipping to everybody. Yeah, to the world. You may encounter, I may encounter any of you today in an unpleasant situation. This is for all of you. Right. And it was kind of funny because as I was driving through, I was thinking, did I do something wrong right there? No, I, I had a perfectly fine... <laughs> you know, drive through the intersection that that wasn't aimed at me, but perhaps it was. I I don't know. So anyway, I'm hoping people who are listening, no one has had the the need to drive through an intersection this morning with their bird flipped. Are you sure it wasn't a parent like us who was dropping their kids off at school for the first time in seven months and just offer that as a as a parting gift maybe to their children uh, you never know who knows yeah i don't i i, I don't know but see you, your brain could go in a million different ways of what this could possibly be and mine was all over the place until one of our kids asked a question and then i stopped thinking about it but uh well i was thinking of that because this is the first time in seven months that all four of our kids are in school it's only for two days today and tomorrow when we will have a couple of kids distance learning again for the rest of the week but Today, September 8th, as we record this, for the first time since what? The first week of March or something? Yeah. All four of our kids are in school. We have the house to ourselves. And what are we doing? We're doing a podcast. (laughs) We we got the 
puppy to take a nap in her crate and we're doing a podcast but uh yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed and our masks on. And, and our hope fingers that they, raised. Our fingers raised, our masks on, and hope that uh, that school will be able to last longer than a couple days or a couple weeks. You and I are COVID-free as, as far as... As of last Friday. Well, yes. We got the results on Sunday, but took the test Friday. You and I went with our um, older two uh, who are the heading off who headed off to high school today just because we had not been tested we didn't have any symptoms or anything like that but we just felt like it was sort of a responsible thing to do we were at an urgent care between a target and a mattress firm <laughs> that is 100 percent accurate and uh i just loved as you know we made the appointment the day it was really easy to to do then the night before i went on made an appointment for each of us filled out you know a couple forms we went in checked in electronically and as we were sitting there waiting to be called in for the test, because this wasn't a drive-through test, up on the the screen that tells you it has like your first initial and it, la- it's like you're waiting to get upgraded on Delta. Right, exactly. That's exactly what the board looked like. But what I appreciated the was last last the first three letters of your last name yeah. and the, and your first initial. But it would it told you what your wait time was. Um, and ours was not even close to what they said it would be. Ours was much shorter than that. Um, ours, it was listed as like 60 to 90 minutes. Right. And But, you know, they had given us each 15 minutes for an appointment. There's four of us. We all went in together because we're you know, one family. Anyway, up on that same board, I don't know if you noticed this was the quote, DMV is a hassle. Urgent care is not. COVID admitted. Oh, yeah. So DMV is a hassle. Urgent care is not. I did notice that. So, um, and actually it was true. It was not a hassle at all. We waited not even 10 minutes for the board did give you a DMV vibe. Yeah. That I otherwise wouldn't have had. Yeah. There's only when we got there, one other person in the waiting room. Um, anyway, when we went in and, uh, had our, all had our tests done and, uh, our, uh, our children were somewhat anxious about the the brain swab test, if this was the brain swab test, and, and it was. Um, but the person giving us the test assured us that she had been tested six times and that it's not it's not that bad. And you went first. I went first, I, I, and I didn't think it was bad at all. They, you know, they go on up on one side, they're in there for like three seconds, and then the other side. And um, other than it giving me a sensation like I've, I needed to sneeze, I did not think... It was bad at all. And I was glad that I went first so I could show the girls, like, this is going to be fine. <laughs> and you, you have a, a, a more expansive proboscis than, than the rest of us. <laughs> I have a more <laughs> expansive proboscis? Yes. That's a proboscis. Is that? This is the first time I've, I've heard you use the word proboscis on, on this podcast or anywhere, really, thankfully. <laughs> well, you have a... Uh, capacious schnoz how how do (laughs) i put this so i went first and then our oldest daughter went next and she had the same experience i did and i said to her i said you know you and i i said to our daughter i said you and i kind of have a little bit more generous nose so they maybe they didn't have to go up as far but it didn't bother us at all and the best part was our our 14 year old after our our 15 year old has her her test done she walks over and our 14 year old says to the 15 year old did it hurt and before our 15-year-old could say anything, you said... No, it didn't hurt. No, it didn't hurt. And, and, and our 15-year-old looked at you like, really? You haven't even had it done yet. And she's asking me. So finally, it was your turn. You went over and sat on the table, the same woman 
administering the test uh, for a lovely all of us. woman the same uh, she the was same she was test. as gentle as can be and and it hurt it was unpleasant <laughs> it was like a mentholated uh q-tip but extended you know a telescopic q-tip and i just wasn't expecting that sensation i've never had my nasal cavity probed quite so so intensely and uh it does trigger that kind of sneezing impulse, the eye-watering stuff, and um, and the knowledge that you have a second nostril that has to be probed was weighing heavily on my mind as it was. But but I don't want to discourage anybody from having the test. It's it's totally fine. It's, well, and and and, and, and most of my the the uh, the the the, uh, the cubic volume of my nose. Is is mostly in its in its bulbosity. Your so I don't I don't have I don't have the uh, vertical, the vertical uh, room that you do. Well, we, so we went back in the car and 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 as and as we're talking about you know what we thought of the test and I said I said it was a little bit weird and uncomfortable because you know you don't know what's coming. It's the first time I've, I'd had it done. I said, but I didn't think it was in any way painful. And you said, oh, it was painful. And so. And then I looked at our daughters, and our fifteen-year-old in particular was rolling her eyes because when our 14, well, hers was when, hers was not. When mine our, was. When our fourteen-year-old said, "How was it?" and you had not had it done yet, and before letting our fifteen-year-old answer, you jumped in with whatever. So, um, so anyway, I was, I was giving her the the answer that the fourteen-year-old would want to hear before she had it done. Yeah. I was saying you're going to tell her that it wasn't painful because she has to have it done. Well, um, of course it's more painful as, when, when, I, when I when I have it done than than when I watch somebody else right. have it done. Well, after the, the three girls, myself and our two daughters, our two older daughters, talked about you know oh it was a little weird but whatever, and then you said oh it was painful. Um, that's when our 15 year old said, yeah, but dad, you're the one who stubbed your toe and said this hurts more than giving birth. That's that's not true. You did say that. And our, no, our I'm saying it's not true that it hurt up. more than giving birth. Oh. I, I don't believe I said that, but you 100. percent How would how would that. I even know? Well, exactly. So anyway, if, if if anybody is going to be going to get a COVID test done, it is not painful. It's a little weird. It's a little tickly. Although, and and actually, as we're driving back, and and like and and you've said it was painful. I tried to like make you feel better by saying, well. I've had my nose broken a couple times. I had to have surgery on it, so maybe, um, maybe you know my your nose ner- has become maybe desensitized. My, maybe my yeah, maybe I'm desensitized. <laughs> like, why am I trying to make you feel better <laughs> that you thought the COVID test hurt and that the other three of us didn't? And, and that, that that's what it turned into the, in the car. <laughs> me saying, well, maybe it hurt you and not me because and, and the I've fa- had my nose and the notion that the broken noses were not painful. Right. Or that the surgeries to repair the nose that was on the side of my face wasn't, but not even my nose. What did you call it? This, your proboscis? My proboscis. This my, was even more was painful it? than having your nose broken multiple times and then having it surgically repaired. My, my best, my best one was the first, I think it was the first time it was broken. I was playing pickup with the men's team when I was at UConn and I just, it just started bleeding. Like the guy's shoulder came down on me and, and hit the nose and my nose is bleeding like crazy. I, I went right into the doctor's office and fortunately he was there. His office was right part of Gample. And the first thing he said to me, he looked at me, he's like, would you like me to put your nose back in the center of your face? <laughs> I said, yes, that's a start. And uh, why didn't he? <laughs> oh, lovely. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So anyway, I, if, if anybody feels like they need to go get a COVID test, I, I, 
I recommend doing so. It was easy for us. We were in and out of there, the four of us in what, 40 minutes tops and got our results two days later and um, felt good for the 10 minutes that it said uh, no COVID detected. They don't even tell you you're COVID negative. It just said no detection. And it's important. As, as our kids go back to school, we felt it was important. Um, but the uh, the woman who administered us the test had told us that her mother had recently passed away. This is the start of the appointment. At the end of the appointment, we again offered our condolences, and she told us that her mother had passed away of COVID. So the work she's doing um, is obviously vitally important, and it's important to to uh, that everybody get tested. Yeah, for that's sure. the end of our public service announcement. Well, we act like we're we have some kind of a medical expertise in this area. Well, we have none. We're just people who went in and got COVID tested like others. And it was it was, others and it was pleasant and unpainful. Thank you. As we were, you know, trying to take care of things around the house um, before the kids went back to school, take care of us, we got our COVID tests. And finally, I brought my car in for its, you know, checkup. It, it's been a while since it had its oil changed. It needed that. And then they also had... Um, three recalls on my car but minor ones like something to do with the the radio touch screen and a couple other ones i don't even remember exactly what they were nothing that that made the car unsafe so anyway it was going to be a whole day to have the car done it was actually the same day that we went and got our covid test so we dropped the car off at the dealership and then um we left to go get the tests and i remember one of the things that they couldn't fix on your car because it didn't have a dipstick. Do you remember the guy saying that? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yet, and yet we were dipsticked as human beings that same day. What's this called again? My Your proboscis my was My proboscis was dipsticked. Um, yes, th- that's exactly what I was thinking as I was going there. I'm about to get my proboscis. Yeah, if I may interrupt, that reminds me, there's an Ogden Nash poem, the great Ogden Nash. This is written in like the 1940s or something, so it's a little antiquated in its terms of... Uh, uh, gender studies, but it's it, he said um, his poem was husband. He helps you with your lipstick and with your girdle when your hips stick. <laughs> Something like that. I read, read that you as a kid an and I never aw- forgot it. You should do a um, Nash-like poem with proboscis. Anyway, carry on. Um, I'm just looking at the at the definition. I should take offense to this. The nose of a mammal, especially when it is long and mobile, mobile, such as the trunk of an elephant or the snout of a tapir, T-A-P-I-R. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. I, now I'm going to take offense, especially when I see the, the photo of the, I think it's a proboscis monkey or something. Anyway, um, so so drop the car off. And as, as we're driving, I don't know if it was to or from the COVID test, and um and I get a text from the dealership because now everything is, you know, we'll text you with this. You know, if it, if it needs any other work, we'll te- text you um, and you can tell us whether or not you want us to do it. And I did say to the woman, I said, my number one priority, no offense, is to not be back here anytime soon. So if something needs to get done, I don't want to push it off to next week. Like, let's get it done so I don't have to come back here. Um, anyway, they, I get a text and it said, um, you know, we've you know look at the look at look in your email so i go in the email and i see there's a link to a car service video 
So I click on the link and it is, it's the technician with the hood up on the car. First they show the license plate, really close on the license plate so you know it's your car. And then they're under the hood and he's saying, you need this, you need this, you need this. Then showing the tires, you know, they're worn down to this number. I, I, that was sort of um, a foreign language to me. So then after I watched the video. It's intended to be a foreign language yeah, to you, course. obviously. If you can't understand it, then you say, go ahead, yes, we go have ahead to do, do that. It. And then immediately after I watched the video, I get a, te a text um, that said, I saw that you watched the video. You know, do we have permission to do like X, Y, Z? And I'm thinking this is kind of, I mean, it's cool. And, I, and it's better than sitting in the dealership and giving them permission to do whatever needs to be done to your car. But I saw that you watched the video. That was just like. And then, and then, then they sent you a text that said, what are you wearing right now? That <laughs> yeah, was weird. That was weird. And now he's sending you, uh, the mechanic is sending you his TikTok videos. Right. Yeah, right. So, um, so anyway, it was, it was my first time having the, um, car serviced in this way where it was like this constant text back and forth, you know, this is what this is going to cost. We think you need this. We don't think you need this until the next appointment, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, my car got back, got, got done just fine. You brought me back and I picked up my car and then you left to, Pick oh, up then I left to pick up our daughter our at, at at volleyball practice and outdoors netless volleyball practice as distance as humanly possible. And um, when I drove away onto the busy street that the high school is on, the car, uh, as I gave it gas, seemed to stall out, then, then sprang back to life and lurched forward and went into a kind of stall again and it just bucked bucked forward like a, like a, like a mechanical bull and at about, at, at very low speed on a high speed, very busy street, I was able to pull it up onto the, onto the sidewalk, the car behind me stayed, stayed well behind me, seeing something was wrong. So I pulled back on. So I was able to turn onto a side street into a parks parking lot there where, um, I call AAA and that car has a recall on it the fuel valve can cause the car to stall and uh, no kidding as it turns out. So the car was towed to the dealership and um, and I... But the beauty was that morning... That morning I had, I had called to make an appointment to get to get the car serviced. It was overdue for service and to get the... Uh, the recall taken care of. The recall taken care of and uh, they couldn't necessarily do the recall when they did the car checkup because, as they told me, who knows when they'll get the recall part in. Anyway, long story short, thank goodness it happened uh, when and where it happened because we could get it taken care of and not on an interstate highway or something. But we did get a loaner from the, from the dealer. And the kids only want to ride in the loaner now because, as, as our oldest daughter put it, it smells like vacation. <laughs> it smells like a rental car? It smells like a rental car. It has 13,000 miles on it, but it does. It smells like a rental car. And the only time they're in a rental car, of course, is on vacation. And they associate uh, the smell of a rental car with, with happy memories. It's just unbelievable, though, your, your poor luck um, and timing when it comes to automobiles. Because this one, you call that morning. When it comes because, to everything. Yeah, but in particular here. Like, you called because you needed to get this taken care of. There's a recall notice on your car for this thing. Well, they're out of the part. And later that day, 
the exact thing happens that you needed to have the recall order fixed for. The, it happened after 30,000 miles of driving the car. But still, this the same moment that you were going to bring it, you know, wanted to bring it in for the recall, then it happens. And then it just makes me think of when we were uh, turning your Mini Cooper in because we had had our third child maybe and it was time to I turn was, the I Mini was trading Cooper in. it in and I got the trade-in price, but they didn't have the car that I was getting on the lot, so I still had to drive the Mini home. And the next morning... As I was driving, one of our kids dropped my phone in the toilet, and I was driving to the Apple store to try to get it fixed or replaced. Uh, as I was making a turn in front of a Ruby Tuesday, the clutch gave out. And a guy in traffic helped me push it into the parking lot of the Ruby Tuesday. And um, long story short, they had to replace the clutch, and there went $2,000 off the trade-in value of the car. If I had just left it on the dealer's lot and walked home yeah. 20 miles, I'd have had two grand. It's... um. Just your timing with cars and stuff is not good. But fortunately, both those times, you came away without any harm or injury, which could have been a real thing this last time. We um, we haven't spoken about or, or even thanked, I don't think, producer Denny Gallagher during uh, this entire quarantine. He, of course, hasn't been able to come up and be in basement. And so we've had very few updates. And we've even blown off thanking him at the end of these podcasts. But um, so I checked in with Denny by phone last week when he when he texted me and said, are you guys doing a podcast this week? This was Tuesday night. And you had thought you had sent him the sound file, but it hadn't gone through. Right. Like so hours I, and hours before. Yes. Yeah, so I just caught up with him and asked what's going on. And he and I don't know, his family, he and uh, I guess his family, wanted to get away without getting away and and they went to the the cool retro catch me if you can 60s um, golden era of jet travel hotel at at JFK airport i think the former TWA terminal is the hotel if i'm not mistaken i'll have to look that up but long story short denny is the guy as i said to him on the phone who you know, what's the safest place to go to during this era of communicable disease? And it is the JFK airport of all places. Right. Well, see, that's the difference. So it was awesome. But he did say, the reason I mentioned it is he said that would be a great place to have the um, have the, uh, the staff uh, uh, convention. The resident convention. Yes. So. Um, See that you know the first thing you asked Denny was how he's how's he doing and whatever. The first thing I would have asked is if he still had the mullet because then in one of his correspondence or one of his texts to you he said that he had a quarantine mullet. Did you? He did. Did yeah. you find out yeah, if he the, still the, has the Teterboro top one? hat, yeah. the Weehawk and waterfall? Right. <laughs> does he? Yes, exactly. Does he still have? I, I don't know. I didn't ask. I hope so. If he does, certainly he should send us a picture and, and you should post it. Are you guys serious about this stuff? As Rebecca Lobo set shot glass. Not only school restarting in some form um but some soccer in our town has started and the coaches wear masks and the fans wear masks and say socially distance on the sideline kids wear masks on the sidelines and some of the kids wear masks on the field correct um and unlike massachusetts massachusetts doesn't allow throw-ins but in connecticut they're still allowing the kids to throw the ball in anyway and and connecticut we should add is maybe the best in the nation in terms of its 
I think we're the lowest positivity rate. Um, Seven tenths of one percent last I saw. Yeah. So uh, and, and a lot of people getting tested and all that sort of thing. So anyway, um, we're watching our 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 11 year old son's soccer game this past weekend. And at one point I just hear the goalie for our son's team start shouting, um, there's a baby on the field. Ref, there's a baby on the field. And I look and there's not, fortunately not a baby on the field, but it was toddler, maybe an 18 month old little no, kid. No, no, no. He was walking. Yeah. So, yeah, do they walk, walk at eighteen months? You walk at one, yeah. So you, he, I would, I would, I would, say I would, he my, wasn't I was, quite I was two. clocking between two and three, but maybe he was. Okay, well, I, okay, he was between eighteen months and two and a half. He wouldn't have been three yet. Anyway, there's this little kid, and he's standing, yeah, but not just like on the side. He was in the no, middle. No, he was of in the, the middle of the field. It was like, um, what's the, what's the line that goes across um, on the side? The, the halfway field? line, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was in midfield. He, yeah, wasn't, he wasn't quite at midfield. Anyway, the the bigger thing is, I'm like, how did this little kid get on the field, and I don't even notice it until now. Like nobody, nobody has noticed it until now. And like, so there's a, a high school freshman who's standing in front of me, a high school sophomore that I know. And I said, um, there's a little kid on the field. Well, she was, she, she was, was refing her first or side. Yeah. She was a side judge. It was her first game. She, I mean, how is she supposed to know what to do? So finally, um, the, the kid who's like umpiring is that who's in the middle of the field blows his whistle and how old is he Referee. maybe 16 15 he's I mean, he's yeah, not sure. much he's older and, and he's like whose kid is this and there's a kid on the field and you see everybody kind of looking around like what <laughs> who does this child belong to and then and where where our son plays soccer there's um a bunch of fields and it was clear that the mom of this kid was 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 like toggling between two fields she must have had two kids that she was watching play and and somehow the youngest but what I loved, run out on that field it was what hilarious. i loved was was the mom did not run out on the field no she was she, like, she didn't even pick up her pace i think she was well she was i mean obviously embarrassed but but when 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 the entire sidelines applauded her as she picked up the kid she also didn't acknowledge her well you know what actually she might not have even had a kid in that game because then somebody presumably would have run over like a sibling maybe the kid the the toddler had just come over from another field i don't know i thought it was hilarious i think it it was like a clothed streaker (laughs) right with about the same which balance, is, which is the best kind of streaker. Yeah. <laughs> with like the same balance of of somebody who'd be uh, drunk and streaking at a professional event. Anyway, it was hilarious, and fortunately, every parent like you know they were they applauded the woman when she got the kid because it was funny. But yeah, she didn't find it very funny. Um, and uh, you know those days seem like so long ago, but I I am glad that we no longer have kids. We have the do- the puppy who we bring to the games who sometimes wants to run on the field now, but we don't have kids who want to run on the field anymore. <laughs> and yet, just in just a couple of years, while our kids are still playing youth sports, I'll probably be wandering onto the field, hopefully clothed not and sober, <laughs> but just unaware of where I am. And I'll have to go out there and carry you off. As people applaud, I my my and the goalie will be yelling. There's will, an old man on the field. <laughs> I'll look just like the. The woman who picked up the toddler, I will not be amused. I will not appreciate. And you and you and you will give a, a general anesthetic bird flipping as you as you leave the field. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, shall we get the viewer mail? Let's get the viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail.
All right, the first uh, comes into ballandchainpod at gmail.com. It comes from Gail, spelled the usual way, and she writes, uh, oh, these are enumerated. I like it when they're enumerated. Do you? Uh, three things, as our, as our nine-year-old would say. Dad, Dad, three things. Oh, what are the three things? Okay, well, Gail has three things. One, Steve, thank you for the recommendation of the library book last week. What an amazing book. The writing was excellent and the subject matter was fascinating. We have been taking full advantage, some might say straight taking advantage, of the Houston Library curbside service during the pandemic and can't wait for the day when we can wander the stacks again. The library book by Susan Orlean, great book. Um, but more interesting to me here is the Houston Library curbside service. How, how great is that? I assume that that's curbside at the Houston Library, that the Houston Library isn't coming to your curb to to uh, frisbee a book into your yard. Wouldn't you think? Know. I don't know. But maybe they also have the curbside service where they pick up your dog's poop bags. Possibly. Uh, some towns have that. Right. <laughs> Two, Steve and Rebecca, I appreciate your frequent and honest parenting conversations. I think last year Rebecca was talking about her best self versus her parenting self. I said out loud, yes, during the last few months I have been my pandemic parenting self, and that's exhausting. We all deserve to nap on our stone patio. Something See, you did last week. Not last week. It's been a couple the weeks. week before? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was a couple weeks ago that. If I there's a second wave, patio. you may be napping on other people's stone patios. I might be napping in our front yard. Although, ooh, that just—I just had this memory <laughs> this weekend. Um, because when our puppy is out in the front yard, I still feel like I need to be out there with her to make sure she doesn't eat things she's not going to eat, not supposed to eat, or whatever. And it was I know like, I made the mistake. You were out in the in the, on the front steps with the puppy in the yard this morning and I went out and sat down next to you just to have a nice exhale the kids are all in school and have a little our first conversation in seven months and you got up and said oh you're going to be out here can you watch the puppy while I go work out and then shower and I said and I okay that. But so it was this weekend it was a nice day I think it might have been Saturday and um, normally when our puppy's in the front yard I just sit on our front steps but she had gone over closer to the driveway where I couldn't see her anymore so I went and grabbed the tailgating chair um, and just put it like on our front walk, but a little bit closer to the driveway so I could watch her. And, um, and next thing I knew, it was sunny. It was gorgeous. Next thing I knew, I was asleep and I woke up and I, I startled and I was, I was looking around. I couldn't find the puppy. I was probably asleep for five minutes. And, um, and then she was actually on the opposite, complete opposite side of the house and um, I found her with some relief. But yeah, if anybody rode their bike by, walked by, drove by, they saw me asleep or what looked like passed out in a tailgating chair on the middle of the walk in front of our house. It's like in a place you wouldn't put it. And I, I Was it bad that I took uh, three empty beer cans out of the recycling bin and, and threw them at your feet while you were sleeping? <laughs> That would have been perfect. So, um, so yes, while I haven't passed out on the stone patio this weekend, I fell asleep. And anybody, like, we don't, we haven't gotten tailgating chairs in years. They're not, These they're are, not in good shape. They're not. And they're like the old ones. They are not particularly no, no, comfortable. I want, I want the basket weave aluminum framed lawn chair of, you know, 60s oh, yeah. vintage. Yeah. That would have been even better. But, um, yeah, I just remembered I did. <laughs> pass out. Well, as I said, Gail had three things, and I haven't mentioned the third. The third is sign me up for the Ball and Chain pod get-together. I can't wait to meet Dr. Gary Siegel in person, exclamation mark. So there you have it. Well, Dr. Siegel, I mean, he would be the star of the show without question. He probably could have a a separate breakout uh, autograph signing session. or uh, Yeah, he would have his own booth. 
It'd be like Comic Con. Yeah, he'd be offering uh, push prizes. What are they called? Push presents? <laughs> yes. I don't know that he'd be offering push <laughs> presents. Know, perhaps not. <laughs> that seems weird. But, um, <laughs> but you, good. You think, I, you think that would be a weird Gale. thing to be offering in the lobby of the JFK TWA? <laughs> would this be a weird thing Retro to be offering at our hypothetical um, resident convention? <laughs> yes. Yeah, perhaps. Um, well, it depends if anybody gives birth there. Gail's one of our residents, isn't she? Uh Probably. I don't have the staff directory in front of me. That's the, that's the next thing on our list. We have to make the staff directory. Well, Bob in North Carolina writes, uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, cognito finis est cupiditas. I, I'm, 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 my, my Latin pronunciation, forgive it, but it's uh, cognito finis est cupiditas. That is, uh, according to Google Translate, is the Latin for there is no end to the thirst for knowledge. Remember, that's our new motto. The thirst for knowledge. There is no end to the thirst for knowledge. That's our new podcast right. motto. It's not. Um, and thank goodness for such modern conveniences as Google, as I was not capable of translating it with my limited junior high school knowledge of Latin, writes Bob. On last week's show, Steve mentioned an interest in acquiring an antiquated reference work. You are in luck. Available. One gilt-edged World Book Encyclopedia set, circa 1975. I will happily give it to you for free, but I'm not sure how much it would cost to ship 50-plus pounds of books. Maybe there is an encyclopedia rescue that will transport them from here in the South to a parking lot near you. How cool would that be? That Imagine would be. my excitement as, uh, as the encyclopedias, one by one, A through Z, disembarked the, did he send the a rescue truck. He Zed did. Send, he sent a picture. Uh, they, they look glorious, uh, kind of a chocolate brown and cream, sort of a Guinness. Uh, uh, oh, they're beautiful. Colorway, as you would say, as a sneakerhead. They're beautiful. They're gilt-edged. There's uh, 22 volumes. Uh, w, X, Y, and Z is volume 21. Uh, uh, 17 and 18 are S through SN and SO through SZ. SZ. A Wally Zerbiak, perhaps, uh, uh, entry in 1975? Mm, I don't know. But anyway, they look glorious and um, and and there's a close-up of the gilt edge. It looks like perhaps some mold issues in that basement. I don't know. So are you going to offer well, to I mean, pay I, for I, the shipping? Or oh, of what, course. What's the it would, it's step? the only thing to do. But, um, but, then, then, but I would need, I would need uh, your permission to house a set of 22 World Book Encyclopedias mm-hmm. from 1975. That's the greatest appeal to me is, is there couldn't be a, a greater sweet spot for me than the 1975 right. World Book Encyclopedia. I have no problem housing them. This is, this is the only thing. And it's the same thing I say when, when you bring in books, when you go to the bookstore. Um, we just have to have an outflow before we have and, the inflow. And, and yet we so brought in a puppy. A, we brought in a puppy and kept the, the previous puppy. We had room for the puppy. Our books, we don't put the book puppy on the bookshelves. Our bookshelves are full. We need to say goodbye to some books and then then the shelves will, will be ready. That's my only thing. Uh, the, the Send, books, say the books, goodbye. The books don't wake me up in then. the middle of the night. Unless I'm reading one of mine, in which case I never fell asleep in the first place. Oh, good heavens. See, now now there's new feelings. Before I said, you know, I thought you were like embracing the puppy, coming to love the puppy. And because last night it, in her sleep, the puppy for some reason barked for a minute or two at 3 a.m. The puppy you're barks in its the, sleep. The puppy barks in its sleep. Let's, let's make, you know. Let's... Not always, just on occasion. But if she's barking in her sleep, it's at 3 or 4 a.m., that's for sure. Anyway, oh, we should do a puppy date on my friend's puppies. Please. They're going to survive. They're doing well. 
Um, they the, yeah, the puppies are your friends. Both. Um, they're no longer pooping in their crates and rolling all over each other. One of them, but, when, when it sleeps, always, they're French bulldogs. One of them, when it sleeps, it always sleeps on top of the other one, rests its head on the other one. We had our first viewing because they haven't had all their shots yet, so she can't bring them out like to soccer practices and stuff when we're there. So um, we had our viewing this weekend. Our kids love the puppies, and uh, they're doing well. So anyone who was wondering. Michelle uh, writes, Hello, the last few podcasts you have referenced dog slings. Apparently that's what they're called, dog slings. I guess. Uh, last July, one of my dogs had to have ACL surgery. Rebecca, you know all about that, I right? I do. You, you had a canine ACL implanted in your... Could no? have been. It was a cadaver ACL. was, okay. Um, our vet gave a great suggestion to help her up and downstairs for the first two weeks. Take a, reu- take a reusable grocery bag. We all have tons now because of the plastic ban. And cut out the sides. Voila, you have an effective and cheap dog sling. To me, it was better than a towel because you have handles. My dog is about 60 pounds, and it worked well with her, your resident dog mom, Michelle. That's a good idea. You know what? We carry our dog, our sleeping dog, upstairs every night to the crate. First, we carry up the crate, and then we carry up the dog. Carrying up the dog and the crate together is impractical. So perhaps we should rig up one of these dog slings from a reusable grocery bag and carry her up like a sack of groceries. Yeah, but she's only she's not even thirty pounds yet, so I don't think we necessarily need that. We might need it more for the crate as we're bringing that up and down. The crate wouldn't fit in that. But. I know, but we could not that, but maybe a, a different type of sling. Okay, uh, our next viewer mail comes in from Kate. Kate writes, "Dear Rebecca and Steve, I'm an Avon, Connecticut native, not too far from us, and alumnus of the high school where our our two daughters now go. Today nice. is the first day of high school." For our fourteen-year-old, which yeah. we didn't even bring up, bring that up on the podcast, but it was a, uh, it was uh, first day of took high a picture, school. a ceremonial first picture, and uh, super excited, super excited. She couldn't wait to go, and uh, well, anyway, Kate went to this same high school, and she now lives in Philadelphia and listens to our podcast. It has been quite the remedy when I'm feeling homesick, she writes, especially during quarantine. This weekend, I've been listening to old episodes from 2018, and there's some eerie foreboding to COVID-19. In episode 13, Rebecca talks about Steve wearing a mask and goggles to mow the lawn and says, quote, he was wearing one of those masks that you see Asian travelers wearing. Where did you even get that? And Steve says, CVS. Rebecca then talks about his allergies and says that hopefully you both will be able to go for a run and he won't need to wear the mask. Little did you know that masks would become that the mask would come back into your lives. In another episode, in 2018, you both are discussing hand sanitizer, and Rebecca says hand sanitizer has become a little overdone in this country. It's hard to believe that hand sanitizers and masks would become a part of our daily lives, and at one time were reasonably believed to be overkill. Now, that mask that I got at CVS that I mentioned a couple of years ago was a, um, what are they called? N95. N95 mask. I know this because I found... When when all of this started, I found the empty box, not the N95 mask, but the empty box in the garage with the CVS price sticker still on it. Fortunately, I also had a, a, a box of like 40 disposable masks that I had taken to wearing while mowing the lawn, and I gave those to a neighbor who works in a hospital, and he took those into the hospital. Anyway, writes Kate, I've quite enjoyed the podcast. I grew up going to UConn women's basketball games, and one of my favorite players was Swin Cash. At the end of a UConn event at Gamble, we spotted Swin and tried to get down to the court to get her autograph. 
from the UConn 2002 Basketball Yearbook, which I read cover to cover. I knew that that day was her birthday. An event staff person tried to turn us away, but my father said, she's the only one in the entire arena that knows it's her birthday. Swin spotted us and waved, and I meekly called, happy birthday to her. She whooped and shouted, hey, baby, it's my birthday, and did a little dance. As a terribly shy eight-year-old, I turned bright red, and my parents laughed so hard and haven't stopped laughing since. They bring up this story every time we mention UConn. All this is to say UConn basketball was a cherished part of my childhood, and I've been enjoying reminiscing with your podcast. I also count myself amongst some of your younger listeners at 27. Hope you and your family are well. Your hopeful resident pediatric oncology nurse, Kate. Well, Kate, you're absolutely our resident pediatric oncology nurse for sure, right? Yeah, I mean, talk about... And also one of our younger listeners at uh, 27. I mean, talk about ridiculously rewarding work, but also how hard that must be to... um to see young children as they're going through chemotherapy treatments. But um, yeah, keep keep doing your work. Deb writes, Dear tall people, I think Steve getting caught in the shower by the police at his father-in-law's house would have made a much better story than the one he has. Keep that in mind for next time. Well, no question it would have been made for a much better story, but I might not have been around to tell it. True. I mean, I, I, I had police drawn water guns on me while I was in the shower. I mean, what did you, what did you think was going to happen? I don't know what what happens when they catch somebody who has who's been presumed, showering in their father-in-law's no, house. No, no, no. Who has been confirmed to have broken into? They called your father. He said no. He nobody was supposed to be in his house. They find somebody in his house. He's showering, or perhaps he's just dashing naked through the place on his way out of the house. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, 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 I'm glad you didn't have to find out. Well, I, I, I'm sorry that 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 uh, Deb didn't get to find out what would have happened for her own entertainment while I was, uh, what, tackled? I don't know what, tased? What's the worst they could have done to me? I don't know. A bum that didn't get to see Rebecca at the Target Center this summer, but life goes on. Maybe next summer, uh, Debs, with an S at the end, parentheses, my grandma calls me Debs, called me Debs. So in the cleanup spot, we have? Of course, Dr. Gary Dr. Siegel. Dr. Gary Siegel. Guess what just came in? What what just came in? I just got an alert, but I turned my phone, my ringer off today. I just got an alert. Um, shark alert. Water has been close to swimming following a ping from the receiver. Just to follow up on last week. Oh, you know, um, there was a fatal shark attack on the Gold Coast of Australia, uh, which has shark netting. Uh, I think the first since 1962 or something crazy. Um, and uh, of a guy in his 50s, a surfer. So that just happened, I think, yesterday. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. So I, anyway, I was researching on my own shark barriers, shark netting. There seems to be no real effective thing. And in, in, in the story I was reading, also mentioned, this is Cape Cod specific, and we'll get to Dr. Siegel in a second here. One of the countless proposals that has been floated on the Outer Cape was uh, a birth control for seals. That the, the problem was they didn't know how they would administer that. Um, that was the problem? <laughs> that was one of many problems, yes. Huh, interesting, because if you limit the seal population, they, then the sharks will go away f- going elsewhere for their food. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what form that would take, but let's, let's move on, shall Maybe we? Maybe Dr. Siegel knows. Perhaps. <laughs> Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Dr. Siegel, as I laughed through the last podcast, I also would be remiss if I didn't thank Rebecca for correctly pointing out that it was Steve, not me, who implied that I used the title doctor to get dinner reservations. 
Yes, Dr. Siegel would never do such, would never say such a thing. I certainly do not do so, and if there are reservations to be made, my wife excels at that skill. Steve, an ink-stained wretch, must have rocks in his head. After all, my late uncle Mo Siegel, a sports writer for the long-gone newspaper The Washington Star, used terms such as meathead and rocks in your head long before Archie Bunker ever did. Those terms of endearment were music to the ears of his young nieces and nephews when the fam- famous Uncle Morris from D.C. visited Atlanta. So Dr. Siegel perhaps was a, uh, a branded a meathead, uh, in his youth, perhaps much like uh, Mike Stivic on on All in the Family, because we last week this all comes up, Rebecca. If you don't recall, last week we had a, a meathead themed program. Did we? Did we not? We were talking about uh, uh, the books, you know. Oh yes, we did. Various things for meatheads. Me- yeah. For meatheads, yes, we did. I forget as well. Uh, thanks for your kind memories of Bailey the Golden Doodle, writes Dr. Siegel, a relatively new inhabitant of dog heaven. Just to be clear, of his 12 years of life, he lived with his mother, my daughter, for nine months. I suspect, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a pointed reference. Um, yes. Because remember, we said we wanted an English dog, not an English bulldog, but a dog that had lived in England who could you walk did. on the other side of the street. Right. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. No, no, not so it could walk on the other side of the street, so it could walk on the other side of the bike path. It's that's all true. coming back That's to me. true. Uh, I suspect that many of your viewers have inherited various pets from their college-age children, and I happen to have an envelope from Karnak the Magnificent, Karnak the Magnificent, that poses the question, what will the Russian family inherit from their oldest daughter when she graduates college and gets the golden handshake? Perhaps the golden retriever in our case, or else our son says, our current puppy, he is going to take to college. That's what he says, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's going to find a dorm that will allow that, but if he if he does... I don't know if he's going to find a dorm that will allow people. That's we true. That's true. Well, we take that I, very well. Lastly, writes Dr. Siegel, I type, having just finished Knights in White Castle, and the book was a joy to have read, and I enjoyed immensely the last chapter and acknowledgments. Congratulations, and I hope that the five other people in your house will keep your writing fun, if not exactly on schedule. All the best, Gary, with two R's. Thank you, Gary, as as always. Um, yeah, with, with the house empty now for 48 hours, perhaps I, I will get some writing done. Rebecca? Steve? Rebecca again. Tom. (laughs) Dick. Hari. Denny. Thank you, Denny. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in this cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest It's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.